The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. There are two sides to the broadcast industry, content creators and money makers. This podcast is for that second group, sellers, buyers, managers, anyone with an interest in business. You're all welcome here. This is Seller to Seller. Now, here's your host, Jeff Cabes. John Goforth had a great run in radio and sports talk and sales and play-by-play. He started in sales for Clear Channel 19 years ago at a small cluster in Springfield, Illinois. I think there's a cartoon in Springfield. He then moved on to selling St. Louis Cardinals baseball at legendary Mighty MOX in St. Louis. He helped launch sales at the Thriving 101 ESPN and the Rams radio network, which you did not know. I am a Los Angeles Rams fan and a Los Angeles native. He then went on to Chicago to be the LSM at CBS Radio before Intercom merged it, focusing on 670 The Score and 93XRT, a rocker, until 2016. John went and leaped into podcasts as the VP of Sales uh, for the Midwest, followed by leading sales at How Stuff Works until they sold that company to iHeart in 2018. So John pivots. And he becomes iHeart's SVP, Senior VP of Podcast Revenue Strategy. Boy, how that looks different four years later. He is one of the first subs to the platform Magellan AI, and he liked it so much he left iHeart in 2019 to become the CRO, uh, providing podcast advertising analytics to hundreds of buyers and sellers of podcast advertising. Tell me about this move you made from radio to podcasting in about 2016. I looked it up, John. Podcast revenue six years ago was like a $120 million business. I want to hear how you explain that to the people that you know best. I, I do think it was it, it, the one thing. It wasn't that long ago. And, and the one thing that was obvious, although podcasts weren't in their prime, I would somewhat argue they still aren't, but uh, are, are moving in that direction. Uh, the one thing that was obvious is that on-demand media was here and here to stay. And with the proliferation of technology, wasn't going anywhere. Um, meanwhile, I'm I'm working in local local radio sales, and every year, I mean, this isn't me talking down local radio sales. This is just the cold hard facts. Every year, our pie was shrinking, uh, and you know, I was based in Chicago, and you know, you look at it year after year, and it's like, okay, another five percent this year. The following year, another 5% just retraction of the market. And I've always, I've worked in radio since my first day, you know, out of college, but I realized that the, the writing was sort of on the wall, not that it was ending, but that it needed to morph and, and it needed to change and needed to evolve. What actually, what happened was I was driving around going to meet my reps at various places across the Chicago land area. And every time I'd find myself listening to podcasts on the way, uh, rather than my own stations or competitive stations. Uh-huh. And so when I was asking myself, how can I get in front of this, this transformation that's happening in my industry? I'm like, oh, wait, isn't the answer what I'm listening to every day? And wow. so I had to find a company that was well enough established that they would like some representation in the Midwest. That wound up being mid-roll media. And uh, I made the jump. When you look at what you did and see how it's worked out for you now, do you see some things, some characteristics of where you were at with your radio career that may or may not work for somebody listening to this right now who thinks, 
God, I, I'm like John. Maybe I should think about this. I'm not like John. I'm going to stay where I am. What, what would those things be? I actually think it's easier to make a transition like that today than it would have been back then because there are just more opportunities out there. At Magellan AI, we work with all the predominant publishers, medium, large size, even small size publishers. And the most frequent question that I get is, do you know any good salespeople? Uh, because they are desperate for good salespeople. It's funny, you know, I, I think back to when I entered in into radio, the there's like, a, you know, here's a here's a small uh, it wasn't even a guarantee at the time, uh, but basically in advance, you know, uh, and you're 100 percent commission and mm -hmm. you owe the company money if you don't if you don't, you know, close enough That's deals. Right. They deduct it from you. That, that kind of thing doesn't fly nowadays. Take that versus the way it is today. Um, I, you know, I think. Well, I'm 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 getting off the plot here. The, your your question was about you know what what allows someone to make that transition. Yes, you know, back then, back then I think uh, I think there was a big desire for people who were transitioning to have a digital background. People weren't thinking of podcasts as audio the same way they think of terrestrial radio as audio, and I think that's evolved since then. While they're certainly different channels. Um, they are they are very very similar to each other and take very similar skill sets. Um, uh, the, the one thing I would say the the one skill set that I've noticed has been important in media sales, if you're in podcasts, maybe more so than if you're just in terrestrial radio or, or, or kind of a more old guard media is the ability to be able to explain what a podcast download is, what, what's a hosting service. Um, how does that download translate to listens or does it, um, how does, how does the IAB view a download? What are the metrics by which they count? You know, you, you you need to be pretty sharp on that stuff. You can't just skip over those details on the on the podcast side. All right, let me skip into this detail. You mentioned you think media sellers would make a great podcast sellers. So if I'm selling uh, for you name the radio station and I have a play by play contract, I'm going out to people who are going to benefit from that, who know that audience. They may listen themselves. Uh, their activations could be at the store level. I'm going to create some promotion. I have air personalities that may do endorsements uh, for that campaign on air. We're going to have tickets and suites and get you involved that way. You may get to meet a player. Do you understand that? There, there I go. There's my, I have a map, right? Right. So what about podcast sales? How does that go? I don't know that the map's all that different. I mean, now first, if you have access to all, everything that you just described, you probably also have podcasts. If you're play by play for, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers, I'm sure that station has a number of podcasts. Their their Brewers Insider probably does a weekly show. Um, they probably they probably have a few others as well, just from you know, the talk people that are part of that cluster. So you've got podcast inventory. You're a podcast seller, as it is. Sure. Okay. And 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 so it's an extension, you know, whenever I was on that side, I was always trying to think of, you know, 360 degree initiatives. If I if I want to sell some, I didn't want to just sell them on airtime. I wanted to sell them everything that we had because you get that you know that kind of crossover sample. So you know if if I was trying to sell podcasts, I if and I was somewhere that had podcasts, I would start there. If I if my goal was to move away from that company and move into a company that was more predominantly podcasts, mm -hmm. I would focus on honing the art of selling those podcasts where I currently am, so I could then prove that in numbers on my resume to the people. I'm going to go interview with, you know, sales leaders love numbers. If I'm out selling podcasts in my cluster, am I, am I best off uh, selling reach? Am I best off selling activation that 
this podcast will carry your message and only your message, and we can move the needle in this area over this many listens or downloads or time. How do you suggest that should go? The answer to that question is it depends, and uh, I'm not trying to evade answering it, but the reality is that every cluster has its own unique set of circumstances. There are some clusters that have shows that are great. Some sh some shows either the podcast does better than the terrestrial feed, or even there is no terrestrial feed anymore, and they've just got a great podcast. Mm -hmm. And you know, if if a show has that kind of following, that kind of engagement, um, I'm uh, I'm leaning into host red ads and and just telling them to embrace the medium as it's defined. If I have a lot more just kind of radio replay podcasts that that perhaps um you know they, they get some listeners but you know really if we're gonna if we're gonna sell these things we're gonna need to bundle these impressions together it's not just the the re, the, re, the replay of the morning show it's the replay of the morning show the afternoon show the weekend show whatever the whatever the content is right and in those cases i'm layering in the podcast for just for reach and frequency just i'm hitting more people more often um, with that same message, as opposed to, you know, those, those, those kind of primary podcasts that I'm going to lean into the, the endorsement, the, the borrowed credibility of the host. When we get into direct response uh, advertising, and I know you've got experience with this, uh, they have a way to track how things are working. Uh, we've all heard podcasts that uh, may have like some fresh food company or uh, dollar razors. You know, I don't want to use a lot of names, but I think we get who we're talking about. And so they're almost tracked and they'll give you a, use the Jeff caves discount and you'll get 20% off, you know, and then they're tracking you. So how, what, what's your thoughts on the direct response category? Because, you know, salespeople get a little nervous all of a sudden when they're going to be judged, right? Yeah. There's a couple important dis dis distinctions. One, you don't have to be nervous about direct response if it's involving podcasts. That's how this medium grew up. Uh, you mentioned it was $120 million in 2016. My guess is that 90% of that was direct response, if not higher. Only recently, 12, 18, last 12, 18 months, have we started to see real brand awareness dollars. Uh, you can rest on the, the shoulders of those that came before you that it worked and it worked well. A lot of podcast advertisers that are direct response in nature use a, a unique URL or coupon code. Like you mentioned, you know, you, here's the Jeff discount. Mm -hmm. And they track those conversions or a modeled version of those conversions uh, to decide if the podcast was successful or not. And um, the, the, the reality is if you've been selling AM radio for any amount of time, sports play-by-play, -play, you've sat with your clients and you've talked about lean-in listening, active listening versus passive listening. Well, podcasts are that on steroids. It works really well. Um, I remember when I run direct response campaigns when I was in sports talk radio, it, I, I never had problems. You know, uh, like it worked. It worked well as opposed to some of the music formats were a little, a little bit more challenging, just to be frank. So, you know, I, I think the, the, the other thing to keep in mind too, as, as technology progresses, um, marketers are getting more sophisticated with how they measure. So they're not all just using coupon codes, unique URLs, you know, now podcast attribution exists, uh, the same way in which attribution exists in, in any other digital channel. That's where a listener is identified by their IP address. And then, you know, you basically match that to an IP address of a conversion on the advertiser's website. So they bought the tchotchke, they bought the razor, whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. uh, and they go, okay, great. So John listened to that podcast and he bought it. 
they are getting more sophisticated, but the good news is all of the, all of the early and mid midterm returns on the performance are, are going swimmingly. So in, in a lot of these markets that may be listening to this, they're going to be marked below market, you know, 25, they're going to have podcasts in their building that may get a thousand downloads a week, the uh, maybe 12,000 a month or less or a lot less. And, is there a men are there Mendoza lines where you think that hey you know watch out you know what you what you're selling is results because until a podcast gets to a certain number you know you're not going to be able to supply that kind of direct response results I think there probably is a line I don't know I don't have an exact number for you if if a podcast on a weekly basis you know gets less than 500 downloads you're you're just dealing with a pool that is is pretty sparse even if from a percentage perspective, you kill it, they still only converted, you know, two deals or whatever. So yeah, there probably is a line. Um, I think with of any podcast of any size, given relative to the, the size of the marketplace, you know, podcasts are national by nature. They're not geo-targeted, but local podcasts are inherently geo-targeted because yes. 90 plus percent of the people that care about the content are going to be in that area. And so, you know, I'd play into that. I also think of as long as they're, you know, they're above the, the, the Mendoza line, as it were, whatever that number is, I, I always thought of podcasts as a great entry point as I'm, if I'm a, a seller that's, that's working with perhaps someone new to my cluster or, or new to advertising in general or new to audio, before I try to sell them on the $25,000 plan I'd like to sell them on, maybe we could start to you know, whet their appetite with some results just being part of the podcast. Um, uh, because you know, th there's a lower barrier entry financially for them. I do have some other questions for you, but it, it just, you know, dawns on me. We should talk more about Magellan AI, exactly what you're providing as, as analytics to the buying community and to the seller community. Are you sort of the taking on the role of Nielsen for, uh, uh, for radio stations or what? Well, I, you know, listen, there are, there are plenty of data and analytics companies out there and other channels that provide a, a lot of great things. And our sole focus right now is in the podcast space. And so we're not trying to replace anyone. We just are trying to kind of, you know, uh, um, blaze our own trail in the podcast space. We work with, as you said, folks on the buy side and folks on the sell side. The company started primarily working with publishers, sellers. I was actually, you know, I was one of the first subscribers to Magellan. I think you mentioned earlier in the show uh, when I was leading sales at a company called How Stuff Works. And uh, I remember our our CEO at the time was Connell Byrne, who's now CEO over at uh, at iHeart. And, um, you know, I went to him and, and said, hey, we, we, we should subscribe to this. And he said, I, just tell me one thing. Will we make our money back? And uh, I, I, you know, I felt like I was sticking my neck out on the line a little bit. I'm like, yeah, 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 I think we will. I was able to go back to him eight days later uh, and tell him we did. And 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 the reason for that is more than other channels that I've experienced in my career, it is so much easier to sell an advertiser who's already engaged in the podcast uh, ecosystem than someone who isn't. I I always wanted to leave it. I wanted it to be someone else's job to convince them the podcasts were the right channel. I just wanted to find the people that had already embraced the channel and convince them that my content was good content to try. And that's what we offer at Magellan AI. Um, sellers use us to understand the marketplace. Who's spending, You know, what genres are they accelerating in? Where are they pulling back? How much money are they spending? Uh, what are their what was their competitive field looks like? What look like? What does their industry look like? Uh, uh, folks on the buy side uh, use the platform much more of as, as a media planning and show discovery tool. 
So uh, as, as all the listeners I'm sure know, the podcast world's pretty decentralized still. Let's just say that you wanted to target uh, folks that love SEC football. Well, you can look at the sports genre. You can even look at the football genre and find a bunch of podcasts. Right. But how do I find those exact people? And that's where, that's where Magellan AI comes. You know, on, this, on, the, on the sell side, we're helping you decide who to target and who to go after. On the buy side, it's like completing the buyer's journey. Okay, John, so you've, you've made this transition from everything from Camo X, which some people would never want to leave. Right. For some, for me growing up, you know, that was like one of the ultimate jobs you could have in the country up there with T.O.P. in Washington, D.C., selling, sure. selling radio there. You look back now and and you say, OK, here I am, you know, six, seven years later and I'm working at Magellan AI. I've already headed up iHeart's podcast revenue strategies. How did I get here? What did it take for me to learn? What do I not regret? What do I regret? Because I want somebody listening to this to think, if I want to do this, I need to do the following. And I know education is going to be near the top of your list. It's number one on the list. Okay. Uh, so I got into the podcast space and um, I asked a bunch of questions of someone I knew in the industry. And I took uh, voracious notes. And uh, I went on to then go talk to clients and explain to them the way I understood it to work from that from that uh, partner in the, in the industry. And I found out a few months later that everything that person had told me was wrong. But from that moment on, I realized, okay, I need, this is, it's my responsibility to understand this stuff so I can convey the value to others. And it's my responsibility to also tell them how it works, you know, warts and all. And if they choose to invest, that's great. And so from then on, I became a, a student of the game. I subscribed to every periodical that I could, you know, e daily emails, weekly emails, uh, still, still read pod news religiously every day uh, and, and a number of others. But, uh, and, and then, you know, going to the IEB's website and understanding what is the IEB V2, what does that mean in the podcast space? It reads like stereo instructions, but it's vitally important. <laughs> <laughs> it's vitally important to understand that when you tell someone, hey, the inventory I just sold you, that you got a million downloads, what's a download? What does that mean? And then how does it count as a download? Does that mean that they got, that they downloaded the whole file? No, not exactly. You know, most people think when they listen on their Apple podcast player, that they're streaming it because they hit play and it plays. Turns out that's a progressive download uh, in, in the background. And so just understanding those levels of nuance allowed me to get a lot more dangerous um, as I'd go into agencies and brands and, and, you know, sing the praises of, of the podcast world. So that'd, that'd be number one on the list for me. Yeah. And place to start for some would be at the I, IAB. Is that like the RAB, NAB of, of the podcast world or digital yeah, the audio world? The Interactive Advertising Bureau. So mostly everything digital. And uh, I'm not saying they're the end all be all, um, but they are the lens through which most view the uh the ecosystem today. So it's important just to know it. Uh, if you want to understand the players involved in the podcast world, uh, we actually have a resource at our website, Magellan.ai, called the Podscape. Here are the publishers, here are the agencies, so on and so forth. Here are the, the platforms, et cetera. Um, we did that for the podcast space. So you can go to Magellan.ai, download the Podscape, and it'll give you a sense of who all the players are. Um, and, you know, so that's, that's another important. And then I, I mentioned Pod News earlier. Uh, I'm not uh, not affiliated with them in any way, but they they do a great job of not only providing data uh, on or not data, but uh, news on a daily basis and keeping you up to date with what's going on in the ecosystem, but also 
um, there's a lot of helpful web, uh, helpful articles on their website, podnews.net, I believe, um, about just how podcasts work, how downloads work, you know, just kind of the basic one-on-one stuff that would be really helpful if you're kind of new to it. Yeah. Do they have certifications yet, John? Like, you know, in radio, there's certified markets, you know, CRMs, and, you know, there's certified sellers and there's all these systems per se. The IAB does sell certification in the, in the podcast space. Most, most hosting platforms and publishers have, you know, um, are part of it. And there are also other great resources. Like, uh, there's a ad tech newsletter for podcasts specifically called sounds profitable written by a guy named Brian Barletta, who, who knows his stuff backwards and forwards. Um, another great, great resource too. Fantastic. John, uh, great information. I hope that we've clarified some things and maybe even motivated some others to get out, get off your ass and sell the podcast in your building, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You've got, you've got access to the inventory right in front of you. I think, you know, as a, as a seller, I'm sure it's like just one more thing that we have to sell, but the, the reality is there is an appetite for it. Um, uh, when I was, when I was selling terrestrial radio, you'd get a hold of an agency that, you know, got added to your list and you didn't know anyone there and you're trying your darndest to get in there and get a meeting. And it's like pulling teeth. They've heard from the radio people before. They don't want to hear it again. Um, when you call somebody and say you're part of podcasts, boy, that the, the response is a lot different and, uh, they'd love a lunch and learn. They'd love to learn more. Uh, and then also, you know, if, if I can ever be helpful to anybody, you're welcome to reach out to me as well. I'm John at Magellan.ai. All right. Thanks to John Goforth for joining me here on Sell It or Sell. You can find John, as he mentioned, on most social media. I found him on LinkedIn. And please review and subscribe to this pod. Pass it along. That's how we grow it. Email me, uh, jeffcase54 at gmail.com with interview requests. Check barrettsportsmedia.com for weekly sales columns and past pods. I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Seller to Seller with Jeff Caves. Each episode is available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and most podcasting platforms. To stay in touch with Jeff, follow him on Twitter at Jeff Caves and read his sales columns on BarrettSportsMedia.com.